Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. Hello, tryhards. Hello, everybody. Oh, you sound very jovial after the opening weekend of the 2022 Women's Six Nations, Danielle Sharm Waterman. TikTok Six Nations. You made any TikToks yet? Another week, I ask again. Have you made any TikToks? No, there's one on my page. Um, The one that's been there for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm excited because um, well, there was some great rugby and it was all in the sunshine. Um, you looked like you had a brilliant time in Dublin. I actually had a weekend of not working on rugby, um, which was very strange. Um, but instead, I got to spend some amazing time with my beautiful little niece, Ava May. Um, And I also went to see, um, so Ava May is 10 months old. And then I went to see Auntie May, who's 102 years old. (laughs) Legend. Legend. Um, I know that she's had a little move recently. How is Auntie May getting on with that? Yeah, she's good. She's in a home now. um, And uh, she's just loving life. She's like, well, they just serve me all the time, you. Love that. Um, I did look like I had a weekend of uh, working, but we fell off air at halftime on BBC Radio Wales. So majorly disappointing because obviously it turned out to be one heck of a game. But um, literally yeah. half job, half job, no. Harry. Well, to be honest, I did my full job because I did a single handed 45 minute build up of that game. And I mean, you spoke for 45 minutes, more or less. Yeah. Easy? Uh, I mean, let's be honest, it's not something I struggle with. So, yeah, I got... Uh, what did you say? Did you say any, like, fun stuff in there? Um, I'm trying to think. Promote the show to me. Tell me why I should tune in to you again for 45 minutes. I think that the thing with our build-up is it was a really strong balance of... Um, appealing to people who are fans of women's rugby and hyping that, but also bringing to an audience who perhaps haven't been previously engaged reasons to watch it. Uh, I I think we really kind of built up the, the occasion. 
Um, so by the time it got to kick off, people were just buzzing for it. So it's even more of a shame that they didn't hear anything from halftime onwards. <laughs> so you built it up. They got super excited. They were engaged for the first time ever. And then they didn't hear what happened. But I will say you've got to question and wonder whether it was like an act of God, because I have previously mentioned on the podcast that the Welsh regions don't win matches if I work on them in BBC Radio Wales. Now, I don't think that I am a bad omen, but equally, <laughs> when we went off air, Wales were trailing, but they came back to win the game. So perhaps it was a kind of, you know, a self-sacrifice. I'm not saying like I unplugged anything, but, you know... Maybe that's what happened. Although, mate, you are supposed to be working for them again. So maybe don't say this too loud because no, no, it might kick no. you off it and get someone else. Perhaps, um, yeah. Should we talk about that game first or should we go in order? Um, I think or, we go in order. Um, or shall we talk about the rebrand Fanzo and the fact yeah. that Karen Jones, she only, she only went and got a perfect prediction in round one. That woman. Absolutely. And she, and you know what? she was absolutely buzzing about it. So she got a perfect prediction in the Wales game as well, which just made it 10 times better for her. I called that. I got 17 points. I said Wales by five. And oh, I said it on the pod. When yeah, you, you pinned did. me last week, I did, I did call yeah, it. Yeah, well done. Um, so she got a perfect prediction. Um, she is third in the match point league. So she's really excited about that. And actually, the Joneses are coming to the game on Saturday. So um, my sister- Inspired. They are inspired, indeed. My sister obviously is not a big rugby fan, but even she is coming. So I think Sophie's that, coming. Sophie's wow. coming. I know. I think that perhaps though. And your mate is your mate on Instagram. Oh Who's that? Gosh, how good was that? So a guy called Scotty Miller who follows me on social media. I, I went into my message. Scotty boy. Because I, I always look at my message requests just in case there's any like hot boys in there. Spoiler alert: there isn't. Um, and oh, Scotty, don't talk about Scott like that. That's harsh. Scotty's spoken for because Scotty has changed the date of his home stag do to this weekend and him and his mates are going to the game. And I just think <laughs> this is amazing. Like, yeah, he's obviously a big rugby fan. Most of the kind of men who follow me on socials, that's why they follow me because of rugby. And because you're a babe. And because I'm an absolute mega babe who gets her wangers out all the time. I don't do that. Wangers um, being eyeballs. My eyeballs. <laughs> um, but yeah I just think it is the, the women's game is having cut through into the men's oh. game and I do think that the three matches on the weekend well I only watched two of them but they were a great advert for women's rugby and I loved it full time on Saturday I had a flurry of texts from male friends who were watching the game on BBC two and were texting me oh what a finish amazing from the girls and like, not just like a great result, but they were genuinely like bigging up the performance. And that's perhaps where there's a bit of a difference. Friends who are male who don't normally watch the women's game all of a sudden are like, wow, phenomenal. And I'd already had a couple of texts earlier in the day from male friends going, oh, I've just turned this Scotland, England game on. Abby Dow is phenomenal. And I was like, yes, this is what we want. We want recognition of talent in the women's game. Well, let's go up to Edinburgh, shall we? Um, normally, normally the games are in uh, Scotstoun, um, but yeah, at the Dam, the Dam Health, which is the one Dam- that's in the shadow of Murrayfield. Yeah, but Dam Health, like- I'll just add, can afford to pay for that stadium because they are skanking me on a weekly basis for PCR tests at the moment. So. <laughs> 
I would like to say that's my gift to you. Yeah, they're the PCR test people. Oh my God, they're no wonder. They probably... Well, they well they could have they could have Twickenham. They could have as many stadiums. I know, I know, right? I know. Um. Well, you know what? I I tuned in. Um, I tuned in right at the start of the game. Um. Obviously, I was with little Ava May and Lou. Um. Down in Taunton, and because I was there, I did want to try and prioritise my my family time. So I tuned in for the start. Saw um kick off and like a few minutes, and then I've obviously I've watched the game back, but. It was class to see such a big crowd. I think it was how many? Four thousand, six thousand, maybe. I'm not yeah. quite sure. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it it was a good game of rugby. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't think England were as fluid as I would have expected from them. Um, but that kind of was the story of last Six Nations as well. Um, but but they, we saw a different side to them in the autumn, but they just didn't cut. They were a little bit staccato with how they played. Um, it was really good to see um, Rosie Galligan um, back after like 9,480 no, games. 80 games? 80 it, days. It was 1,146 days between her first cap and second cap for England. Yeah, in the, in the, in the middle, I think she's had meningitis and I think she has also had ankle surgery I think I'm right in saying that um but she as we've mentioned on the pod before spoke to us on pitch side in Bristol then got the call up to the squad got to start played really well probably deserved play of the match in my opinion so yeah. <laughs> just it, I do find Inspired. it hard <laughs> yeah that's the thing like it's quite a being such influential stakeholders in this space is a responsibility that both of us recognize. Um, and with great power comes great responsibility. But I, you know, I don't want to take credit for anything, but I just think that, you know, the pep talk we gave Rosie in Bristol, um, probably what, five, six weeks ago now, I, it, there's a lot to say for, for <laughs> press. so well, well done, Rosie. We're proud of uh, you. You know, like fair play to her, I think, for any player to to be out that long and to stay inspired. She's moved clubs. She went to Harlequins from Saris and and has just got her head down and worked incredibly hard. And yeah, her work rate on a hot day around the park. I think she got through fifteen tackles. She did a lot of stuff. A um, couple of big carries. Offload was absolutely peachy to Poppy yeah. out the back door. I think. Um, so yeah, like you said, Abby Dow was cinemasational that try defend the acceleration on a curve she does an s-shaped curve as well um you know i so obviously i could sidestep um okay and we used to do these acceleration drills where we'd practice i don't know do all sorts of things we then had to do acceleration round a curve okay and for the life of me, I couldn't do it. <laughs> so for somebody that could beat someone, I, it's really funny. And so we realised that actually some people are really good at swerving and they're yeah. more, they, they kind of bend their body on a, on a smooth basis. Whereas I was really like jagged, you know, I'd step and yeah. just go and look like I was being hit by a cattle prong most of the time. But you um, know what they say, if someone's shooting at you, that's the best way to run. So... Maybe that's why, because my brothers did actually used to shoot me. Yeah, with um, a beauty again. I blame her for this. Um, but yeah, Abby, like if you look at the fine detail, this is why she is becoming world-class um, finisher. Her fend, the, 
the ball transfer as soon as she gets in behind and then the acceleration on the curve away from the oncoming defender just just really class um when they got yeah. up on you've talked about England being slightly staccato still players like Rosie Gallagher coming back and, and the kind of the starting lineup we saw wasn't you know that's not that wouldn't be their World Cup final team is this Six Nations because England is so far ahead of the rest of the world up until that France game how much do you think that Simon Middleton is using these matches to really have a look at players for his World Cup squad? Um, I don't think you'll be far off that there are some pretty key players injured at the moment so Amy Cocaine's injured Zoe Allcroft um, had a bottom and they actually Zoe put out an Instagram today saying that they were really they were still standing from five rehab sessions today <laughs> rehab is harder genuinely than playing international it's like it's savage everyone's like oh you're just bouncing on one leg you're like no 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 that's no, no. and um, lonely as well I guess like psychologically it's a tougher place to be yeah, no, and and we also saw Amber Reed back. Um, she's had a long time back. Scazzy's been out. You know, there was a lot of girls who playing. You know, returning. I think one person that actually didn't really get much credit from comms, probably because there were two front rows. So, um, but the was Holly Aitchison um, at twelve. Um, so Helena Rowland, you know, she's been classy. She's great. We talked about her last week. Um, Zoe Harrison wasn't fit so it'd be really interesting to see if she does make it back this weekend that they're hoping for that I think well she's hoping for it picked up a bit of a niggle in training um Helen was good and I thought you know she uh, you know was her her usual fiery crackery self but Holly her ability to take the ball and transfer it the width of her pass and their ability to read when she should take and give or take go to the line and give is absolutely brilliant. And, and you see it, and you saw it in sevens, and you see it a bit in club. But to see her do it at test level was just something else. And yeah. she set up, um, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was her pass to Skaz that then gave them the whip, that Skaz's lovely soft hands to, to Abby on the edge. But yeah, I just thought Holly was brilliant. I thought she, you know, and she did a lot of uns, unseen work just yeah. in that distribution channel, which... England for years have relied, had um, Rachel Burford there, who again is one of the best passers in the game. And I think someone needs to fill that role to be able to open up the outside backs. And and I just thought she was brilliant. That width of pass that you talk about with Holly, is that from sevens and having more space on the field? And is that just another reason why sevens as a pathway is important to certain positions, especially in terms of building skill level? Yeah, I think it's it's the accuracy at pace, under fatigue, the detail, understanding when you're releasing players into space, how you manipulate a defence in front of you, that type of thing. I think for, for Holly, it'd be interesting to see how she goes against the likes of France because of their physicality. Mm-hmm. And also she won't have front football because the pack are going to be ripping into the pack. So it'd be interesting to see how she goes there. But I just thought she was really classy and, and it wasn't mentioned much. Um, and it, you know, Par- Mar- Parley, Marley Packer, Parley getting, pa- Parley getting Parley a player of the match. She was just a pest. And Maud, Maud and Berner, fair play to them. You talk about like it'd be interesting to see how they hold up because in the front row, um, Burn is a massive introduction back into the squad. She didn't play last Six Nations, and I think some of her tackling. Everyone talks about Berner's carry uh, carries and Maud 
obviously sat down Helen Nelson unfortunately um I wouldn't want to stand in front of her either of them um and I'd probably just trip over my own lace to to miss them (laughs) Um, but their 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 tackle completion and their their, to stop I mean they're big girls but it's the fact that they get back off the floor quickly back in the line their fitness to do that on a 4g and do their set piece and do you know what I mean it's yeah it was it was cool. And then probably, I mean, I've listed the whole team and probably someone I want to give a mention to is Emma Singh, first cat at fullback. Love a um, debut. Yeah. And I found out even more fun that her parents are farmers and they're from Devon and my stepbrother and his wife, Catherine, know them really well. Wow. So, Listeners, if she can't get a Gloucester Harp recredit in, she will certainly get a <laughs> Southwest one in. Let's have a word on Scotland. Are they improved? Where are they? We talked last oh. week about the fact that they've they had this kind of two week intense camp. Did we see, you know, kind of an improved Scotland off the back of that, and and you know more players playing uh, Prem 15s? Yeah, massively. I think their their physicality, their fitness, their set piece was decent. The set piece was good last year. They're lying out, but back ball was being hit. Um, they disrupted England's line out, which is rare. Um, and also we talk a lot about and we've spoken in the past I spoke last week about Abby Ward and her defensive ability to unpick teams at line out but yet Scotland she didn't manage to get loads of Scot- Scottish ball they still managed to hit tops so that's cool I think um, probably where they were where the, they were lacking was it's quite surprised and I know she doesn't kick a lot but they put themselves under massive pressure with Jenny Maxwell not box kicking and passing the ball back to Helen Nelson, who was just getting absolutely peppered with girls running at her um, from slowish ball and then just couldn't clear their lines. Because actually when they kicked on their own terms and they found turf, and especially when you bounce on that type of ground. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think they were they they created a lot of opportunities, took their try well with Chloe, um, I think I think they looked good. They looked really decent. Um, and it was kind of like Italy women were re- against France were really similar to, with Scotland women against England. They created so much but couldn't convert, which yeah. is real similar to the Italian men's. Um, you so, know, like creating loads and then just not converting it, which we've yeah. seen for years. But obviously now we've finally seen Italy men transition yeah. into a win. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that I thought they were really impressive. In terms of where they're at going into the game against Wales this weekend, which for many looks again like the pack, the pick of the the fixtures over the weekend. What can they do to? Yeah, it's a very different opposition playing Wales compared to England. So, what can they do to to make that completion? Um, I think against England, England's defence was just too good. It was too consistent, too too much. Um, but their movement of the ball and their kick chase is really good. Um, and when when they got the ball into the territory, I think I I actually think Scotland could turn over Wales. I do because I think that what they should they showed more in my opinion. Obviously Wales got the win, but Ireland just fell apart. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, which maybe we can talk about. But yeah, I was really impressed. Rachel Malcolm, oh my God, lungs of steel. What a woman. What a woman. What a woman. 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 Biggest Um, smile ever coming out of the second half as well. Love that. Also, isn't she Dr. Rachel Malcolm? I feel like we have, I feel like we should treat her with the respect that she's due. Dr. (laughs) Rachel Malcolm. Um, Okay, so 
let's move on. Oh, another oh. little shout out. Sorry, there's loads of shout outs on the England game. I've been very nice. Um, Joy Neville is the first test match back from maternity leave. So it was lovely to see her back in the middle. Yeah, test match because she red carded the Wales captain in the under 20s game a couple of weeks ago. So oh, sorry, I love you, Joy, but. <laughs> <laughs> that still hurts. Uh, she's actually got the whistle this weekend for Wales Scotland as well. So excited to see her. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin. While the Glow & Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM. Let's move on to Ireland, Wales. Um, as you said, I was there on Saturday. It was absolutely amazing. Like, I actually felt like I was going to have a bit of a wep after the game. It was quite emotional that it was just, it felt like such a special occasion the RDS was louder than I've heard it for European games and, you know, URC games. And that was with about six and a half thousand people in the stadium. So it was spectacular. And I have to say, we've talked a lot about the visibility of the women's competition, the importance of that. And I was having a conversation with one of the staff in our hotel before we headed down to the ground. And he said, you haven't been able to move for coverage this week of this fixture. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he said, oh, you know that there's a football match in the Aviva at the same time, but loads of my friends are going to go to the rugby instead. And I was like, this is just amazing. Like it was quite, um, it felt quite overwhelming, you know, for those of us who've been at games where, God, I can remember doing like, we look at England games and take for granted now that they're going to sell out. But I can remember doing a game at the Stoop when you were playing and there were like 40 people there. Like it just. Oh, mate, I played at Isha. (laughs) And literally, hey, that pitch is heated. So, Isha, no, not Isha. Is it Isha? Isha no, is John um, Inverdale's club. It's quite a heated oh. pitch. Well, they it should have invested in the day. changing rooms rather than was it? Was it Isha? I've played. Yeah, I mean, I've played in all sorts of places, and you're looking at a couple of hundred people. Like, if that, definitely. My first cap, I reckon, there was twenty. That was over in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like 15 of them. Their surname was Waterman, who'd made the trip. Uh, but yeah, it was a phenomenal, amazing occasion. And obviously, Wales's first Six Nations win for some time. Um, they've got the monkey off their back now. I was a little bit worried at half time that that wasn't going to be the case. But first, first win away in 11 games for Six Nations. Mm. And the first, I don't think they, they, I think they haven't won a game for like seven games or something. They've in lost the seven. Yeah, yeah. seven amounts. Yeah, yeah, it's a mass, it's massive, and you know what? We talked last week about how, like, one of the most important things if you're going to turn professional is your basics, and that was probably the most that like 
there were two things that stood out for me. One was their ability to keep hold of the ball and their continuity was absolutely brilliant because the Irish defence at times was really good. Like they were double tackling, they were smashing them, especially in the second half. Wales didn't drop off and the bench obviously made a massive impact. But just some of their continuity was outstanding and their ability to keep the ball. And there wasn't like, you know, rubbish passes that went behind people or dropped on the ball from a Welsh perspective. Um, And also their set piece. I mean that it absolutely you know last year their line out was atrocious yeah and they could not hit a bar I mean even with my little hands I would have been able to <laughs> I mean probably shouldn't say that because I wasn't in what I did throw in for team GB sevens but anyway um but Car- like Karis Phillips and then Kelsey Jones came on take about and I know that there's obviously the other girls in the line out the lifting pods and everything but the, the Karis in particular her arrows was absolutely mm. brilliant and you know she's the catch and drive like Irish defense look Irish line out looked like they'd only actually ever worked on attack like their attack yeah. line out was great their defense was woeful but Karis and Kelsey just fair play to them and it just totally changed the dynamic of the game for Wales it was like they were comfortable kicking to the line taking the taking the territory taking the territory they could secure their own ball and I've played in teams where you cannot win a line out yeah and it just destroys your confidence because penalties what do you do oh well if your scrum's not if your scrum's okay you go for scrum. you're not going to go for a scrum in your own 22 yeah you can't tap and go everything you need to get territory and it just it was awesome. It was so good to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, I think probably the biggest thing f- for, for Wales is how do they create depth and what players change in, over the next, the course of the, the tournament. That's going to be really interesting. I think it was interesting when he took Karis off. I was really surprised at how early she kind of came off. But having spoken to her afterwards, she said, as much as we're all absolutely loving this slightly later tournament calendar, she said it was boiling. She said it was really hard the first half. She said it was, you know, exhausting. Uh, and actually, there's that's something that I know that you perhaps want to pick up on in terms of like slowing the game down a little bit and and certain decisions that were made um, by both fullbacks. But you know, I think credit where it's due. Yoan Cunningham has come in and. You know, as I said last week on the pod, he seems to be prioritising stripping things back to basics. And it's not about the Flash Harry stuff. It's about playing rugby well, playing basic things well, your set piece functioning, your defence, everyone knowing their job. But another part of that is bringing Karis and Sean Ed back in. You know, Karis Phillips was not involved in the Six Nations last year. He's come back into this role. It's been a, a slate wiped clean, but he's made it quite clear to players what his expectations are. And the group seemed to be functioning very well. Karis has played out of his skin in the autumn. She was phenomenal as well. And it's just, yeah, it's really, it's good to see. And, you know, interesting, you talk about where they create depth and stuff. When Sean Ed came on, there's a real kind of question mark over how he balances that back row now. And Shuan moved to second row, but he is going to have headaches of of where he plays people. Yeah, it's interesting actually, because, you know, I, Anyone that listened to the pod last season will know that I've spoke a lot about Alex Callender, the, the number seven, um, playing at, at Worcester. And, and 
I hadn't seen her because she hasn't been involved in the Welsh setup. And I was kind of talking about, well, I thought she was English, so I was talking about her. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was interesting seeing her step up. And I think she had a, you know, she had a, she had a good game. Uh, but Alicia Butchers was different level. And I put, and, and I think the balance between them is a very, very similar. For me, I wouldn't have both of them on the field at the same time in a game where you're going to be up against packs that are big and brutish yeah. and want to get stuck into you and rip into you. Um, I personally think that their best back row for Wales would be with Alicia at seven. You need to give her a bit more freedom. She's unbelievably quick. Yeah. Um, and I think she's having to, she's caught between the dogged work of a six and a seven. Give her the seven role, let her run loose, get her out in the backs a bit more, see her handling, see what she does in the Prem 15s all the time. I put Sean Ed at six because she's a lump. She can get stuck into ball and then have Shuan at eight. I think, you know, her leadership and her qualities and just getting stuck in. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know whether Alex is a line-out option. I can't remember whether she was taped up, but Alicia definitely is. So um, that's the only thing why you may have both of them. But I, I don't know. I just felt like that that would be that would be really yeah, I think really handy. Um, they put Shuan in the row, and she's not going to jump. But I think Alicia does. So yeah, no, Alicia does. So. Um, I still think he's going to have to look at Cecilia Tuapalotu at six because of her size. Um, she got on obviously for her first cap and only had a few minutes at the end. But what that meant to her family was so so special. And and she's the sweetest girl in the world. So I loved that for her. Um, I was really impressed with Kaylee Powell, and I actually had a chat with Joanne in the airport on the way home, and kind of you know. I really like Kaylee. I, I, she, do you know, she actually scored the first ever Wales try on the World Seven Series. So they've played one event as the uh, invitational, and she scored the first ever Wales try on the World Seven Series. But I really like Kaylee, and I think that her game could have been overshadowed from a personal perspective by her brain fart where she tried to milk the penalty at the line out. And I spoke to Yoan, and, and he was like, you know. I could see what she was doing and that's where I think he's a really positive coach because he kind of said to me yeah I could see what she was doing but other than that I thought she had a great great game and that was so nice to hear a coach speak so positively about her after that oh mate I thought she was really good um the only thing I don't understand like I thought a step she looked strong um her backfield coverage was good because she managed to get quite a few kicks on the full um but I do not understand why either her or Considine, the Irish fullback, didn't call Mark when they caught it on the full and the 22. It just, especially um, Emma Considine, like she was under so much pressure and actually Kayleigh Howell was at one point. And it was like they didn't know, they didn't like have that tactical understanding that like we're under the cosh here or I'm under so much pressure. There's so much in front of me. When you're catching a ball, you've also got to understand the peripheral and you get a split second when you land. You don't have to say mark. Like you can basically yeah. kind of do it. Um, but you, yeah. And because you all feel, you feel the heat coming onto you when you catch a high ball. Um, and that was just one little detail that is a massive part of the game that I think they both needed to bring in. Um, and then the other thing is like really similar to, um, to Scotland with, um, Helen Nelson doing all the kicking again. Kira Bevan was passing back to Snowy to do a lot of it. Now Snowy yeah. can kick tactically really nicely. She's got like quite a nice dink, shove into the corner type of style. She hasn't got a massive big welly. No. And but Kira put in one box kick that was absolutely outstanding. And when you've got 
people when you've got someone like Jazz Joyce who is absolutely rapid and a fit back rower like Alicia or someone to back her up mm. why Kira doesn't kick more because I just feel like the pressure that they're putting onto their tens is unnecessary and it'd be interesting to know whether I know with England at one point the tactic was that the nines didn't kick whether that's a confidence thing from the girls or whether that's a game plan um but I just think it invites teams to go and whack a 10 and it's already a hard kick to do because you're passing the ball back 10 meters and no one can chase the refs are super on it now like do you know what I mean it's just all a bit I think we're going to see a development of Wales's style and how Johan wants them to play over the next few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see if that changes. Um, that kicking option I've talked about before on the pod. Um, I have been told by a little birdie that Karis Williams is going into camp next week, despite the fact she doesn't qualify during this campaign. She is going to train with Wales throughout. So that will be an option. Karis Williams, do you mean? Do you say Karis Phillips? I said Karis Williams. Ah, oh, sorry. Phillips, Williams, Jones, same thing. I know, all the same. <laughs> um, but, you know, Karen had a great game at 12. So for the first time in a long time, there is a, a kind of battle for positions. That's only going to benefit Wales. Talk to me about Ireland. Um, I really fail to see how they're going to get through this campaign when they're going to lose most of that back line to sevens the day of the England game. So they fly the day of that match um, for Langford sevens. I don't. I don't understand how this is going to work for Greg McWilliams, the squad that he's selected, the people he's left out and the people he's not going to keep for the duration. I didn't know that um, until when you mentioned it earlier off the pod. Um, it is um, it is pretty mad. I think from for me, I think, you know, there were a couple of absolutely standout players, Sam Monaghan in, um, in the row, Waspy Girl, was just outstanding. Um, her set piece was brilliant. Her physicality. I think the 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 forwards all carried hard. Like everyone kind of did good stuff, but they also did some. All of them did lots of errors and like weird things. The penalties was shocking. Like it just let uh, let Wales in the game, and they just it was like they just couldn't get hold of the ball because in the first half when they had the ball, they looked awesome. Like the backs were like singing obviously not played those of 15s, but they clearly know each other inside out, like raps and all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, just, it. I can imagine they're mega frustrated because I think them losing was, to an extent, them losing to a team that they allow, they didn't allow to win, but that was a team that just was structured and cracked on yeah. and did their basics well and just took their opportunities. Whereas Ireland just didn't didn't fire a punch really in the second mm. half. And it's a shame because they're better than that and they showed glimpses of it. Um, that said, you know, they're big, physical, strong girls and they've ripped into Wales at times. But yeah, I don't understand the set piece. They got hammered in the mall um, defensively, the line out. Um, but it might be, you know, as a coach, I know when you've only got a certain amount of time with players, how, what do you plan? What do you take? time doing Which well you can't do absolutely everything right so what do you do well let's make sure we secure our own ball so let's do all of our attacking lineups their attacking line was cracking probably didn't spend loads of time on defense but unfortunately they gave way loads of penalties which meant I uh, which went Wales were kicking into the line out Karis was on form so it played into do you know what I mean it was like yeah. this really interesting narrative that as a coach you think like this is a really good tactic for me this is what I'm going to focus on 
but it backfired just because it was a massive strength of the Welsh, uh, the Welsh girls. So, yeah, I think, you know, I spoke about ones to watch last week and, and Stacey Flood's past selection again, just absolutely outstanding. She put, released Amy Lee Murphy-Crow for her try, set up the other one because she pinged it to the left touch line and then the ball came back. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm really surprised. One thing, I, I mean, I, I don't know whether you know why it happened, but Amy Lee Murphy-Crow, coming off so early when Lucy yeah. Mahal was like, I, I well, shocked her, but she didn't do anything. I what? wondered if that was to do with um, how much game time she's allowed to have because of sevens and stuff like that. You know, she these girls are sevens contracted players, so Lucy Mulhall... But he left... Yeah, but he left Lucy I know, Mulhall. but it might, you know, maybe she's on a return to play from a, an injury or something, and they have a right, she can have that amount of time. I don't know. Mm. That's my assumption. I thought it was quite funny that her mum and dad boyfriend and two she's got a younger brother and sister who are kids like much younger and I recognized her little brother and little sister from Instagram so when they came and sat in front I was like oh my goodness there's Emily Murphy Crow's family and I was like oh wow yeah I know and I said it on the radio and I got to say my standard line of Amy Lee Murphy Crow so good they named her four times because I just love listening to commentators nobody ever just calls her Murphy Crow at all times Amy Lee Murphy Crow it's just (laughs) it's all one long name um okay they go away to France this weekend how tough is that going to be for this side um yeah I think they could probably upset France a little bit um they who weren't singing at times against um, Italy. Um, I think they could do, do a bit of damage. Like they, they, at times they looked really good, especially in the backs. I think where they will get, they will get taken apart up front, especially at the scrum time. Um, I think they held their own at the breakdown and and some of the collisions against Welsh, but the French are different level again. So yeah, I think the backs could do some, do some good stuff, but I don't know whether they're going to get the platform to do it I personally would put Stacey Flood I, I liked um Cronin at at 10 um she's just she was just a distributor though she wasn't enough of a threat there I think yeah. I'd probably put her back to nine and put Stacey Flood at 10 because then at least the French defense have got a really really hold in that inside channel um and yeah, how they rejig the back line because of that. Um, I'm not sure because obviously he hasn't put in Senne, which yeah. in my opinion, she should be involved, but by all accounts, she won't be. Right. Give, give me a quick rip through France, Italy, because we are running out of time fast here on this podcast this week. So okay. France, France. Um, well, they were pretty bang average actually at times. They're, they're, the scoreline massively flattered them. Um, I think you could see what they wanted to do. They had this like setup of a three pod with Drew Anne behind, but it wasn't really that effective. They never looked like she was the option. And so defensively, the Italians worked really hard. Um, their basic skills, they were passing that was just all over the place. And they took their opportunities, like the human hairpin, um, the fullback that came on. Human hairpin. <laughs> um, I'll tell you one thing. Tactically, they put Gro, who I talked about last last week, um, as kind of one to watch. Um, they have her a lot out in the outside channels. And she is athletic. She took a try really well. Like, she is, I would be a bit like, ooh, drift defence, <laughs> inside tackle, cool. Um, yeah, but passing, she's 
pretty pony. So I like she if she improves that, she could be lethal because then you've got to defend a ball carrier, a passer, and you've got a winger as well. Um, interestingly, Bane wasn't playing on the wing, and I think she's one. She was massive. Um, loss for them I don't know if she's injured um but Sansu came on and just was unbelievable like her running game from scrum half was class so how important is a, a player like that who can change the game going to be against opposition like England for France um it's huge if she doesn't overplay because the problem is as you come on and you try and overplay against England they'll just smother you and just w- will absorb it um but in terms of tempo and stuff she totally changed the game um I think oh well do you see Scrum Queens tweeted about um, like worst injuries? Because um, I know I was going to reply on your behalf, and I was like, "No, she'll see this, and she'll she'll tell them the story." I wasn't going to, but I did tell the story of the scissors cutting the bottom off the flowers, dropping them, set them in the tendons of my big toe, all in the prep to going to the World Cup in 2014. My first five months as a professional player, self-funded professional player. Really I remember happy. you remember coming back from that and doing a shoot with me at the stoop. You, that yeah, was, was with Maggie. Yeah, you, you and Maggie and I was producing and Alex Payne was doing the interview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was the most ridiculous situation, but these things happen. Um yeah, well, nothing else to say about France, really. I just love the crowd. Atmosphere, One of my biggest issues with um, with Italy, I cannot commit Rigoni's name to memory. I've literally looked down to read it because I have called her Rigatoni in every conversation I've had <laughs> over the weekend. I'm not like, really like Rigatoni. And everyone's like, <laughs> okay, well, I mean, we can go for an Italian if you want. And I'm like, no, no, no. The player, Rigatoni, not her name. Um, yeah, no, she was class actually. She um, she just just played, you know, took the ball to the line and offloaded. I think there's one player that's new um, who, well, another one with short hair that looked. I'm trying to think whose little brother she looked like, but like. <laughs> Um, but no, she called Dinka, which is absolutely oh, such class. a good game name. Okay, um, <laughs> so Dinka at twelve. Um, she was really good, like interlinking. She made a couple of line breaks. What was put on the outside arc um, from Rigoni? Um, I nearly said Rigatoni. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm fluent in Italian, so I didn't yes. get it wrong. Um, but weirdly she was taken off at 51 minutes when again players weren't having great games Furlan hadn't had a brilliant game so you kind of think why don't you do a reshuffle um when Madia came on the 10 that I talked about last week I think it'll be interesting to see how they select against England um I really want to see Dinka have a go um (laughs) I just think it's class um, what I want to see is like a photo of people tackling Dinka and then with the caption Dinka's clinkers. <laughs> That's what I want to see next weekend. Um, Dinkers. Yeah. So I think in Italy, England will be, I think it'll be a good game. I think Italy will rip into England. Um, well, in that case, give me some fanzo predictions because I. It's not calling results, it's calling margins with the women's Six Nations. This is where it's the most difficult thing. So give me an idea, Nolatron. Um, Come on, Nolene. I think the, the, it'll be a big scoreline, but it'll be quite a big one towards the end of the game again, just like France. So 
probably at least at least 30 to England difference um but I think it will be a lot closer for a lot longer than it always has been um I think we've got France Ireland I think if France don't get their act together I think it'll be a decent scoreline so probably 20 odd points but I think Ireland will, will get stuck into them um Wales Scotland who you call him Wales 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 I'm going to keep uh, that one off the table because ooh. um can't have other people beating me in Fanzo well I mean you don't tell them your pred- predictions normally and they you know I'll be honest you're not you're not exactly beating me <laughs> I tell them and then they get it better anyway um yeah they won't go with me so that's how that's why if I give them what okay. I think yeah you want to be influential um, in I think that'll be a really close game and I hope it's a really good test match because um Wales have picked up some really good coverage and some good fans and they did it because they played some good solid entertaining rugby and that's that's all I want from that game um I want rugby to be the winner Oh, so cheesy. Uh, tickets available for that one. 4.45 kickoff at Cardiff Arms Park. I will be pitch side on BBC Two asking the tough questions. Don't know what I'm going to wear yet, um, but I will keep people updated on my socials. Guess what I bought last week? Um, I don't know. What did you buy last week? An epilator. Oh, mate. Oh, I'll tell you what. Game changer game changer so if anyone wants to come and feel my nice smooth legs on Saturday at the Arms Park <laughs> you can't because that would be very wrong but yeah game changer I feel like I've done a lot of talking on this podcast hopefully which is the aim of the podcast it is Nolly um have I given a good description of all of the games possibly if you'd like me to describe them in a different way different analysis, different chats. If you just want stories about the games when I've played in them. Um, oh, actually, forgot to mention. Go on. Marley Packer, 80th cap, Scotland away, three tries. Nolly Waterman, 80th cap, Scotland away, player of the match. She put me, I got two tries. You presented me with that award and you should have known that stat. Oh. You should have known it. You should have known it. You didn't bring it up. Was that there your you go. cap? I didn't it was. Oh, it would have been. Yeah, so. the last Six Nations. Yeah, oh, oh, that was so cold. That's one of the coldest I've ever been at a match. But I feel well, like this weekend. my heart to speak to you. Um, I feel like this weekend will be slightly colder than the last. Um, so if you go to the games, enjoy, wrap up. I'm aiming to be at Italy, England, just as a little cameo. Say hi. Wow. As I will be in the country um so we shall see where I am what and you I know do. What? I would love you know your travel over there I would love to see a TikTok of that so you know just that's something to tease the the listeners with keep an eye on Nolly's TikToks and she might at some point publish a second one <laughs> watch your space let's hope it's not like Rosie Galligan with 1146 days between the two and on that note Bye, tryhards. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.